Ephesians chapter number one uh, again here this morning. And um, we've been kind of going through this uh, passage of scripture here and uh, what it means, uh, who we are in Christ, what the Lord says about who we are, our identity in him. And God's just been kind of showing us step by step of, of who we are in the Lord. And really what it comes down to is, you know, truth is being given to us line upon line, precept upon precept. And as God's word is revealing to us, showing us who we are in Christ, our identity in Christ, we have an obligation to either receive that and believe that and accept that, or we can just kind of push it off to the side and say, well, I don't believe that. But remember, this is God's word. This is God's word, which is holy, which is true, which is inerrant. And this is God himself speaking to us of who we are in Christ. And last week, we, we kind of looked at our inheritance that we, that we have in the Lord, that you and I have an inheritance in him. And that inheritance is, is Jesus Christ himself. We have this inheritance. And he gives us this inheritance through the death of his son, Jesus. When Jesus died on the cross, he gave us that inheritance, which is eternal, which is undefiled. Um, it, it's been given to us through uh, Christ. And as we were looking at some of these verses, there was a phrase that, that popped up three times in our, in our passage of scripture there. And it was the phrase, to the praise of his glory, or to the praise of his glorious grace, to the praise of his glory. And I kind of left you hanging there, and I said, what does that mean? What does that mean for us to understand what is the praise of his glory? How do we know that we are praising his glory? What does that look like? I mean, is it just coming to church and singing songs? Is it saying amen? Is it saying prayers? What is the praise of his glory? And... So we're going to kind of pick up back on that again. We're going to look at that. And today we're going to look at another aspect of who we are in Christ. And it's the fact that we have been sealed by him. And how that all comes into our inheritance and how that comes into the fact that it's our praise uh, to him. Our praise to the glory of God. So, so far we have looked at some of these things. One of them is we looked at that we were blessed by God. That is, a, that is one of the things that if, if you are in Christ, you are blessed by God. Um, you've been chosen in him. You're holy and blameless in his sight. Um, you're adopted in love. You have purpose. Another thing was that you are redeemed in Christ. You've been lavished in with grace. Grace has been lavishly poured upon your life. Um, you're redeemed. You're forgiven. And today we're going to look at this other one. It's the fact that you are sealed by the Spirit. And it's interesting, as you look through that passage of Scripture, you see all three parts of the Trinity at work in our salvation. You have the Father who is blessing us, you have the Son who is redeeming us, and then you have the Spirit which is sealing us. And so we're going to look at this about the praise of his glory and this other thing that we are sealed in the Spirit. I really only have one point today, and I just want to really drive this point home to you, um, because... You know, we need to really believe who we are in Christ, not accepting what the world has to say, but what Jesus has to say, what the Spirit has to say, what the Father has to say about who we are. Um, and I believe when we accept that, it will really empower us to live the Christian life, and it will really empower this church 
to really do what God has commanded for us to do. So let's take note here about uh, these verses here. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 12 through 14. It says, So that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, might be to the praise of his glory. There it is. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. There's that phrase again, to the praise of his glory. Now, when we understand about this phrase about to the praise of his glory, the idea is the one being praised is worthy of special recognition. We are supposed to be praising God for all the spiritual blessings that he's given us in our life. I, I think that's kind of a, uh, yeah, we should be doing that. The Lord has, has heaped upon us spiritual blessings and he's given these spiritual blessings to us. And we are recognizing for that and we are giving him recognition and it's worthy of recognition. Uh, we see that, you know, in verse number three, God the Father, he gave us these things and he chose us so that we could become holy and spotless before him. I mean, that's awesome. That's an awesome thing to think about that before God, if you know Christ right now, before God, you are holy and blameless before him. That is, that is just something that to relish in and to, to praise God for that you're not seen as unholy and you're not seen as being one that can be blamed. You are blameless. You are holy before him. And so it is praise or recognition that we give him for the glory of his grace that he's lavished upon us. And see, we are recognizing the greatness and the splendor of our God because of what he has given us in Christ. You cannot find this anywhere else. You can't find it in a club. You can't find it anywhere. You can't find it in friends. You can't find it anywhere except in Christ. That's the only place that you can find these spiritual blessings which God has given us. And so we find here in these few verses, the key is this phrase. Look what it says, that we are sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. We are sealed by him. You say, Mike, how does that reflect the praise of his glory? Well, good question. And I hope that by the end of this message, we will see that, and you will see that, and you will see how important it is that we are reflecting the praise of his glory because we've been sealed by him. You see, we must remember that as we read and study God's word, that we must keep things within the context of which they were given to us. If we just take a verse here and take a verse here, we lift them completely out of the context or we're not using verses to compare verses with each other, we can get into a lot of trouble that way. So it's important to look at the whole part of what God is saying in this passage and what it means to be sealed by him, what it means to be the praise of his glory. So let's look at these verses here about being sealed by him and how it fits within the context of to the praise of his glory. So if you are in Christ, you've been saved, you've been born again, there was a time in your life when you turned from your sin, you repented of your sin, and you received Christ as your savior. The Bible here says, look at this, it says that you are sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. Spirit. How does this happen? 
How does one go from being an enemy of God, one that hates God, one that's rebellious against God, to now where they are sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise? Look what it says here. It says that you heard the word. You heard the word. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23 says, For you have been born again, but not to a life that will quickly end. Your new life will last forever because it comes from the eternal living word of God. The word of God is so important. The word of God is when we hear the word, it shows us and, and it, it reveals to us. It's a discerner of our hearts and how wicked and corrupt that we really are. And the word of God shows us that we need Christ. And so the context here is telling us that those that are sealed by the spirit, these are people that have heard the word, but not only heard the word, but what it says, it says, you heard the word of truth. You heard the word of truth. You know, never in my life have I ever thought that we would actually have a thing called fake news. I mean, you want, you want truth, right? You want to hear the truth. You want to know what's going on. But yet, there's people who are propagating news, but it's fake. How weird is that? And there is truth out there. God is the source of all truth. And he has given us truth in his word. And when we hear the word, we are hearing the very words of truth. And that truth is speaking to us. What is it speaking to us? Look what it says, the gospel. The gospel. We hear the word, we're hearing truth, and we're hearing the gospel. What is the gospel? Simply good news. Paul wrote to us in 1 Corinthians about what the gospel is, and it's the fact that Jesus died for our sins, according to the scriptures. That he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. That's the gospel. That's what it is. Jesus took upon himself sin. He was crucified on a cross. He bore the weight of every sin. And he laid down his life so that we might have life. And so when a person who's lost, a person who does not know Christ... They hear the word, they hear the word of truth, they hear the gospel that Jesus died for them. He took upon their sin, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day. That's the gospel. There's nothing you can add to the gospel. It's not gospel plus my baptism. It's not gospel plus church membership. It's not gospel plus good works. It's straight, all of it is, is the gospel. And if you are trusting in anything else other than the gospel of Jesus Christ, you are lost. You don't know the Lord. You are still in your sins. And so you must receive Christ as your Savior. That's not my word. That's what the word says. That's what Jesus says. That's what God says. So those that hear the gospel, and look at this next thing, it says that they believed in him. They hear the gospel, they hear the truth, they hear the truth of God's word, and then they believe in him. Jesus told us that those that, that uh, receive the Father receive him. 
He told us that he gives you the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So it's when we receive Christ, we believe in him, we're believing the gospel, that then we are sealed, notice this, you are sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. Now this is awesome, I love this. Because this, when we talk about being sealed, this is a blessing. This is, this is who we are in Christ, that we are sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. Listen to what 1 Peter 1, 3 through 5 says. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance, there it is, that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. 2 Corinthians 1.22 says, And who has put his seal on us, and given us his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. 2 Corinthians 5.5 5 says, He who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the spirit as a guarantee. Ephesians 4.30 says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. You see, the Holy Spirit is God's seal on his people. It's his claim on us as his very own. The word guarantee here in these verses or these passages simply means a pledge. That is, part of the purchase money or property given in advance as a security for the rest. How many of you remember when you bought your first house? Remember they were throwing around a whole bunch of words. And one of the words that they said was earnest money. Do you remember that one? What is earnest money? It's a pledge. It's saying, I am giving this in good faith that I am going to purchase this house. And that earnest money is kind of like a down payment that you give. Well, here scripture teaches us that those that receive the word, those that receive Christ, those that believe the gospel were sealed. They were given a earnest, a down payment, if you will, for our future redemption in heaven. You see, it is because of the Spirit has sealed us that we are assured of our salvation. And no one can break the seal of God. Look what he says here. It's the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it. The sealing of the Spirit of God is a guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it. You see, we cannot be lost because our inheritance is in heaven. Basically, our name is inscribed in it. It is eternal. We have been sealed by the Spirit. If I could, I'll give you a little illustration of this. Have you ever opened anybody's mail before? Now, if you open other people's mail on a constant basis, what will happen to you? You go to jail, right? Because it's not for you. It's been sealed and it's been given to somebody else. All right? So let's just imagine here just for a moment. Let's just say that this piece of paper here is basically me. So I'll write my name on it. Okay. And I heard the word 
I received the word, I heard the gospel, I believed in the gospel, I heard the word of truth, and what has he granted me? He's granted me eternal life. This is what I have. It's been given to me. But then the Bible says that I have been sealed. So basically, this eternal life, what I've been given as an inheritance, has been given and it has been placed within an envelope. And on the envelope there, it's addressed to heaven. And the Holy Spirit has sealed it shut. It's there, waiting for me to acquire possession of it. This is what we've been given in Christ. This is our inheritance. God has given us this, and it's been sealed, and nobody can break that seal. The Bible tells us that the Father who has given them to the Son it says that the son has them in his hand and it says that the father has them in his hand and it says no one can pluck them out of my father's hand. We're sealed until the day of redemption. We're sealed until that inheritance, till we acquire possession of us. So this inheritance, this sealing of the spirit will be to the praise of his glory because look what it says. It says until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. So we have this inheritance in Christ. We've been sealed in Christ because we believe the gospel and it is to the praise of his glory. So what is that? What is the praise of his glory? You'll have to come back next. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Let's put this within the context here, okay? Let's back up just a few verses. Ephesians 1, 9 through 12. It says, making known unto us the mystery of his will, According to his purpose, which he has set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven, things on earth. In him, we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. So that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. Verse 9 says, having made known to us the mystery of his will. The word mystery here is a secret hidden. It was, it was something that wasn't known. It was something that was, that was shrouded in people's eyes. Romans chapter 16 verse 25 says, Now all glory to God who is able to make you strong, just as my good news says, this message about Jesus Christ has revealed his plan for you Gentiles. A plan kept secret from the beginning of time. A Gentile is basically anybody that's not a Jew. So if you are not a Jew, then you are a Gentile. When, when God first came, when he sent his son Jesus, who did, was he sent to first? His own people, the Jews. And what did the Jews do? They rejected him. And so salvation was given to, to all nations, to, to every tongue. To the Gentiles. This was a mystery that was shrouded. And so that the Gentiles would be fellow heirs together with the, with the Jews and partakers of his promise. Ephesians 3.6 says, And this is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. 
Both are part of the same body and both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. Colossians 1.27 says, For God wanted them to know that the riches and the glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too. And this is the secret. What is the secret, God? What is this mystery that is told about us here in Ephesians? That Christ lives in you. This gives you assurance of sharing his glory. You see, it was known in the Old Testament that the Gentiles would be blessed because of Abraham and Israel, but never that they would be equal. But because of Christ, we can now share in this same awesome opportunity that we get to share in the riches of Christ, get to share of being sealed, get to share in his glory. And so this wonderful secret has been revealed to us that it's according to the good pleasure which he purposed in himself. And it is revealed. So see, now we can, can see what the, 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 the glory, the praise of his glory really is. Is the fact that we get to share in this. And how does all this happen? Listen to what 1 Corinthians 2, 7 through 8 says. No, the wisdom we speak of is the mystery of God, his plan that was previously hidden, even though he made it for our ultimate glory before the world began. But the rulers of this world have not understood it. If they had, they would not have crucified our glorious Lord. You see, we are to the praise of his glory, to esteem of his mag uh, magnificence, because we show, we show, those that know Christ, we show in the mystery of Christ the glorious will and wisdom of God. How do we show that? These verses just flow right into the other ones, that we've been sealed by the promised Holy Spirit. What is the praise of the glory of God? What is the praise of his glorious grace? You're looking at it. Right here. The church. When we received Christ as our savior, we became part of the body of Christ. And when we gather together, that's why the church is so important. Church isn't just a take it or leave it thing. When we gather together, we are supposed to be showing forth the glorious praise of God. You say, well, how is that possible? When you received Christ, what did you receive? The promised Holy Spirit. You see, all the power of the Spirit is ours to manifest and use, including all nine manifestations some of which are gifts of healings, discerning of spirits. We get to manifest the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, etc. But here's how it works. On the day of Pentecost, God poured forth his Spirit upon the church and he empowered it. And what did that church do? It went forth showing the praise of the glory of God. And so we as a church, that has not stopped. We as a church, when we gather together, we are supposed to be showing forth the praise of the glory of God. So what are your spiritual giftings? What has the Holy Spirit gifted you in? You're supposed to be using that. 
And when you use that collectively, when we use that as a church, the church glorifies God in our giftings because we are showing forth the praise of his glory. You see, when we gather together as a church and we use those spiritual gifts, we literally recognize and commend up to God his splendor and his glory and our whole lives tell of the glory of the master that he set us free. Our whole lives are, are, are one continual praise to God. You see, the esteem of his magnificence is shown in the body of Christ, how it was his will that he brought the whole church together, something that was, something that was hidden, something that was, that was not known. And yet now that Christ had died, it, the, 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 the understanding of his will that he brought the whole church together the fact that, that we get to cooperate with him in his work here on the earth. His kingdom has come. And we get to show forth that glory of his praise. So we show that. And we do that because we have been sealed by the promised Holy Spirit. So what about you? Are you right now as a believer in Christ that is part of this body of believers here, are you showing forth the praise of his glory? Are you using your spiritual giftedness because you have been sealed with the promised Holy Spirit that you can use that? Listen, we are living on borrowed time here. The world's not getting any better. It's getting worse. The Bible tells us in the last days, men will be, be scoffers, lovers of themselves, deceitful, being deceived. What are we going to do? Are you going to sit idly by till Jesus comes? That's not an option. We have to get busy. We have to be showing forth the praise of God. We have to be using our spiritual giftedness. We have to be reaching the lost. There's lost people all around here. You don't have to go very far. I'm sure there's lost people across the street right over here. We have to get busy. We have to reach people with Christ. The world is gonna go to hell. And so we as a church collectively Using our spiritual giftedness, we're going to show forth the praise of the glory of God because we have been sealed by his promised Holy Spirit. That's an inheritance that we have. I don't know what God has been speaking to you about, but I hope, I pray, I pray that he's been stirring something inside of you. I hope that he has. Let's pray together.